Hey there, everyone. Welcome to Speak Now Pro Wrestling. It is Denise Salcedo here on a Friday. We are going to be talking about the July 28th edition of WWE SmackDown. We're back again on Fox. Last week, we were on FS1. And last week for an FS1 show, I actually thought it was a pretty decent show. Today's show, there were some things that I liked and some things I didn't. I feel like in the last couple of months, SmackDown has been really good and there hasn't been been an episode of SmackDown that has left me feeling disappointed or just kind of going like, really? Until this one. There were a couple of things that happened on today's show where I was like, oh no, this is what we're doing. This is the way things are going. What are we doing here? So today I didn't think SmackDown was the very best, but I'm going to go ahead and break it down to you and tell you why I didn't think it was the very best today in comparison to previous, uh, more recent episodes of SmackDown. But before I get to all of that, y'all know the drill. This week has been insanely busy. I was here on Tuesday. We broke down NXT. I was here on Wednesday with Reg and we went into this deep dive of everything AEW uh, for the Dynamite show. And then yesterday I dropped a brand new interview with the EST of WWE, Bianca Belair. If you guys haven't checked out that interview please do so guys i'm trying to get them numbers higher and higher it's a lot of work but i'm really trying so go check out those conversations um that i had with uh bianca belair and then uh today i'm here for smackdown Tomorrow, I'll return for AEW Collision Conversation. And then Sunday, I will be here to do a watch-along for the NXT Great American Bash. Plus, there are still all of the additional interviews that I've posted recently with Cody Rhodes, Brandy Rhodes, DDP, Chelsea Green, Matt Cardona, Kevin Patrick, Eric Young. Uh, there is tons to watch here on the channel. Thank you so much to everybody who's popping in right now. I appreciate you guys um, a whole lot here uh, for coming into the chat and hanging out and having a good time. So let's get to this, everybody. Also, if you guys want to help support this podcast, give it some love, uh, help me stay funded here. You're more than welcome to send in a super chat and they do get your questions, comments, or statements right here on the stream. Those help us out a whole lot. Well, help me a whole lot out. A whole lot out. All right, let's get to it, everybody. Let's talk about SmackDown. I want to kick things off with Karrion Cross versus Carl Anderson. So there are some things here where, in regards to this, the number one thing that we've been talking about in regards to Karrion Cross is that. Things have not been going so great for Cross. He's been in pretty forgettable feuds. He hasn't done anything too major to make you kind of turn around and go, hey, man, I'm rooting for this guy. Uh, it hasn't happened just yet for Karen Cross. And then over on the opposite side, you've got Carl Anderson, who's part of the club with AJ Styles and and uh, freaking, uh, I was going to say, <laughs> Doc Callows. Um, and so you got the club on one side who also hasn't done anything like they haven't done anything with these guys at all. And so this has completely just been, you know, uh, two sides where no one really cares what's going on with these guys right now. And that's been very unfortunate. Now, here's the other thing. We saw Karrion Cross AJ Styles not too long ago. And when they had this match, I remember thinking that there was nothing there that basically told me that they were going to keep this, this whole feud, this whole program going with Karrion Cross and AJ Styles. At this point, it really felt like there was more so to get excited about when it came to Michin, uh, Mia, Mia Yim, and also Scarlett Bordeaux. So to me, it kind of feels like the women were the ones that had the more interesting part of this whole thing. And so I was kind of thinking like, okay, we're probably going to move on to something else. We're going to see AJ move on to something else. We're going to see Karen Cross move on to something else. But no, we're still here. This is still the program that we're getting. And so it's not over yet either, guys. It's not over yet. So Karen Cross has this match with Carl Anderson. It's a really nothing match um, whatsoever. In the back, Carl Anderson is basically shown telling his friends, like, hey, don't come out. I don't want you guys to come out during this match. This has become really personal between myself and Karrion Cross, And so I want to be the one to handle this myself. And then he goes out. He has this match. He 
loses this match. And we end up seeing um, Karrion Cross defeat Carl Anderson. He hits what he's calling the one prayer, which I do like this finish a lot more than what Karrion Cross was doing prior. And while Karrion Cross, after he ends this match, he then grabs Carl Anderson, puts him in a sleeper, and during this whole thing stares down into the camera and starts calling out AJ Styles. And he's telling AJ, AJ, look what you did, AJ. And I'm laughing, guys. I'm literally laughing at this because <laughs> Carl Anderson, <laughs> Carl Anderson literally told these guys, hey, this is now personal between Karrion Cross and I. And Karen Cross is like, nah, I don't care about you. This is about me and AJ Styles. Meanwhile, we're all sitting here going, why the hell do we got to go back to Karen Cross and AJ Styles? We already had this match. It was a nothing match. AJ Styles won cleanly, and there was nothing else to grab a hold to with Karen Cross and AJ Styles. Am I the only one noticing this? What is happening here? So. <laughs> That's why I was laughing about this whole entire thing. I'm just thinking, okay, fine. You know what? Fine. So this was something that I didn't necessarily love on SmackDown today. So uh, thumbs down. This this was not great. This was not great. But uh, let's get some thoughts in here. We got a couple of super chats. And we got one from my good friend here, Heidi Ho. Heidi Ho says, can't say it was the best SmackDown lately, but I had a damn good time watching. Awesome interview with Bianca Denise. She sold me on C4. So, guys, I've thank you, Heidi Ho. Actually, you just reminded me of something. So, uh, the PR team over at C4 Energy, shout out to the PR team at C4 Energy, man, because they hooked me up, everyone. They hooked me up. So, they sent me two cases of C4 energy drinks, the new one that they, uh, that they're the collaboration that they did with WWE. Uh, they sent me two flavors. So I have like a whole refrigerator full of those. And then they also sent me three of those like protein shake stuff. And so I am loaded with C4 content. Uh, I haven't tried it yet. I haven't tried it just yet. Uh, I haven't tried the drinks just yet. Um, but I do want to taste them though but it hasn't happened yet. So for those of you who are wondering if I'm on an energy drink right now, I'm not. This is just natural energy. But eventually I will try the C4. You know what? I think I'll try the C4 energy drink for the first time when I do the NXT Great, uh, Great American Bash watch along. So at the watch along on Sunday, I will try C4 energy drink. Now here's the thing about this. So this is why it's kind of a big deal. I do not drink energy drinks at all. The reason why I got hooked up was because I told him my husband was actually a big fan of, of C4 and he loves energy drinks. So he's all up on that stuff. I'm not. I haven't had an energy drink since like 2004. I'm not kidding you. I was like 12 years old and... I was at an Ultimate Pro Wrestling event, UPW in Anaheim, and they were handing out raw dogs, and nobody cared that I was 12 and drinking an energy drink. I don't know why, but nobody cared. I had two energy drinks, two of the raw dogs. They've been discontinued. I haven't seen them sold after all. But after I had those two raw dogs, I was moving at like 100 miles per hour. And so I've never had an energy drink ever again because it really, really gets me. But I'm going to try the C4 energy drink one on uh, on my watch along on Sunday. And let's see how it goes. Uh, Steven Marchuli sends in a super chat saying Scarlet is underrated in the ring. Uh, I would love to see Scarlet at this point, guys. Honestly, I don't think that Scarlet being in the ring will take away anything from what we've been seeing from Cross. It might even add to the entire thing. We got a super chat here from Nick Beasley Wrestling. Thank you so much to Nick who says, no reason for Styles versus Cross again. I agree with you. Thank you so much, Nick Beasley. Man, come on in. Host this show because you're seeing exactly what I'm seeing here. There was absolutely nothing that we saw a couple weeks ago that basically said, let's keep this thing going. No. If anything, we were more interested in Meechin and Scarlett on this one. Heidi Ho sends in another super chat saying, Denise going to be bouncing around like a rubber ball on square box on Sunday. I'm going to take a sip, guys. I ain't about to be chugging freaking energy drinks on the air, especially if I don't know what that's going to do to me. I was 12 the last time I had an energy drink, okay? 
12. So I don't know what an energy drink would do to me now. I don't think it'd be too bad, though. Honestly, I think it'd be fine. But Heidi Ho, thank you so much for that super chat. And we'll have to wait and see what happens. Um, all right. So someone says C4 is also a pre-workout. Yeah, they sent the little, um, I was going to say the little dust. <laughs> I don't use pre-workout either, guys. I don't even use pre-workout. So, but again, my husband does. So he's going to take full advantage of this. Uh, but the little dust, the powder, there you go. The powder, they sent me three cases of the powder and two boxes of the drinks. So I can't wait to try all of those. So yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, Bear Hudson says, please tell Denise she can't say raw dogs for obvious reason. That was the name of the drink. Trust me, Bear. Guys, when you get the chance, Google raw dogs, and it was D-A-W-G, energy drink, and you'll see what I'm talking about, guys. Like, these were legitimately sold back in the day. Raw dogs. Some of you guys might have even heard about them. Raw dogs. Raw dogs. They're discontinued. God knows why. I have no idea. <laughs> all right, so... Um, all right, let's press on from here, everyone. Uh, Kyle Put says, do not Google raw dog. No, Google raw dog's energy drink. <laughs> Make sure to add energy drink behind it. Also, something that I learned, if you're going to Google Prince Albert, make sure you Google Prince Albert WWE. Make sure you add the WWE part of it. <laughs> all right, everyone. <laughs> Oh, man, what a day this has already gotten off to. This is supposed to be the most chill show of the week. All right, let's press on from here. Uh, we finished talking about Karen uh, Cross and Carl Anderson. There's nothing else to add there. Uh, let's get into Bailey and what's been going on with her and Shotzi. As you guys know, uh, Bailey cut off the hair of Shotzi. Shotzi shaved her head bald uh, for, for real reasons. She did it to support her sister, but obviously we're talking about like kayfabe so in the story uh in storyline wise uh she's supposed to be a psycho mad woman now and we haven't seen much of Shotzi since she shaved her hair and even then that was done in a vignette and we haven't actually seen her in physical presence on the show since she got her hair cut that day so that it's been almost like what feels like maybe three weeks, a month, somewhere around there. We've only been seeing these video packages and her doing these mysterious things to Bailey. So last week she had Bailey, she had a picture of Bailey that was stabbed with some scissors. And then this week she left her like this construction paper with some words and some pictures and strands of her hair taped to the actual um, like little craft that she did, which to be honest, it's not that creepy. Let's be real. How many psycho girls haven't sent that to the man that they were all in love with? You don't know. There's some crazy girls out there. Anyways, I'm just kidding. I have not done that, by the way. So <laughs> I didn't think it was that creepy. All right. Maybe the hair being taped to the actual construction paper. Maybe. But I didn't think this was that creepy. I thought it was creepier when she put the knife through her picture and then put it in her actual suitcase. But anyways, so we get that backstage and then we also get a uh, so Bailey's trying to she's trying to haul out. She's trying to leave the building. She doesn't want to be there any longer. She's terrified of Shotzi, even though she won't admit it. And so then EO Sky's back there and she's confronted by Asuka. Asuka and EO end up having this moment between them. And EO basically tells her that win or lose, no matter who comes out winning at SummerSlam, whether it's Bianca, Charlotte, or Asuka, that she is going to become the women's champion. And she's going to cash in her money in the bank briefcase. So that's where we're at with EO and Asuka. The thing I want to say about this, guys, is that prior to this, we ended up having a, a tag team match. Charlotte and Bianca teamed up to take on Sonya and Chelsea Green. Before I get into what happened in that match there, when Asuka confronted EO backstage. I started thinking to myself, my goodness, it really does feel like even though Asuka's the champ, even though Asuka's the one defending her title in a triple threat at SummerSlam, she's not the story. They have put her to the side. 
She is the she's the side dish in this meal. And that's been very unfortunate. I really hate that they have done that to Asuka because Asuka is the champion. And Asuka, as the champion, is supposed to be feared. She's supposed to be, you know, the intimidation to whoever is trying to challenge her for the championship. But they have really casted Asuka to the side man. And it really sucks because she does not feel like the story. I feel like whether or not she retains or whatever happens with her, I feel like the story is Charlotte and Bianca. And then maybe even afterwards, maybe if we're lucky, we'll actually circle to Asuka, Asuka and Io because they've been teasing Asuka and Io now for a very long time here and there, but it actually hasn't happened just yet. So I hope that they find a way to satisfy all of these people in the actual storyline so it's unfortunate that they've done this to Asuka but that is where we're at with all of this all right so let's go ahead and uh get into what we got here with Charlotte and Bianca Sonia and Chelsea so what we had here this was another thing that I didn't like on Smackdown and I'll tell you why because we mentioned that the story here is literally Charlotte and Bianca. They're the story. But not too long ago, what, a week, two weeks ago, we just saw Sonia and Chelsea Green become the WWE Women's Tag Team Champions. So clearly, you're looking at this and you're going, okay, Charlotte and Bianca versus Sonia and Chelsea in any world is going to see Sonia and Chelsea lose, right? But then I started thinking, okay, clearly they're going to do this whole can they coexist situation with Charlotte and Bianca. And we got Sonia and Chelsea as your brand new champions. So personally, I did not want to see Sonia and Chelsea just lose. I kind of wanted Charlotte and Bianca to not be able to coexist and somehow end up screwing themselves in this match and end up seeing Sonia and Chelsea steal the victory because we have to do so much right now for the Women's Tag Team Championships, okay? The Women's Tam Championships, the tag team titles, have been literally not anything major. They've literally been, back, been bouncing back and forth from team to team. There hasn't been a dominant set of champions. We barely started to even see anything with Ronda and Shayna. And then that didn't end up blasting. We were seeing stuff with Liv and Raquel. Didn't end up blasting. Uh, let's rewind to how this all came about in the first place with Naomi and Sasha Banks. And then that went down the rabbit hole that it went through. And so now we're finally at a team where it's like, okay, yeah, Sonya and Chelsea are not considered like your workhorse tag team, right? They're more so on the personality side of things. I get it. But... They're the first tag team that actually feels like a tag team, even though they were just thrown together, but they feel more like a team than Liv and Raquel did. And then they also literally are likable. You know, I know they're heels, but they're still likable. The people care about them. And the fact that people care about them and they actually feel like a team, that's already so much more than anything we've gotten recently for those women's tag team titles. And so for that reason, I'm like, I kind of want to see them, even if it was a, a, a barely by, if they barely got this victory, I don't want to see them lose so early in this reign because I actually want to see them have a, a somewhat entertaining, decent, enjoyable reign as tag team champions. So that's where I'm at with the Sonya uh, Deville, Chelsea Green situation and why I didn't necessarily like what they did here. And so it kind of felt like this was all at the expense of the champs just to continue moving Charlotte and Bianca forward in their story. So they didn't necessarily need to do that against the actual tag team champions. But that's where we're at. Basically, for the finish, we see Bianca try to go for a KOD, but instead Charlotte steps in and gives the big boot to... Um, Chelsea Green and so she ends up pinning Chelsea Green and so they get the win and they move on from there I just thought that it would have been an easy there was an easy way I think to kind of have Sonya and Chelsea get the win without necessarily you know making Charlotte and Bianca look like crap right like they weren't gonna do that we weren't gonna do that um all right we got a super chat here from Steven who says I was not a fan of the tag 
I was not a fan of the tag champs losing within 11 days of becoming champions. Chelsea and Sonya could have won by DQ or count out. They could have literally just something where, again, Bianca and Charlotte screwed themselves and we could have seen the champs actually win because, again, they just became the champions. Let's give them something here. Uh, we're trying so hard, I think, at this point to make the women's tag team titles a thing. And right now they're just, they're still in the process of feeling like a prop. They don't actually feel like revered titles just yet. They don't feel that way. Uh, Steven, thank you so much for that super chat. I appreciate you a whole lot for sending that in. Um, all right, so. Uh, thank you so much to Charlotte. Oh my God, what am I saying? I was going to say, thank you so much to Charlotte and Bianca. I was actually going to thank Sheldon for the super chat. And instead I was like, thanks Charlotte. <laughs> All right. Can you imagine if that was the case? Man, we'd be talking about something entirely different. Hunter Tillman, YouTube member Hunter Tillman brings up a great point. He says, where are Caden and Katana? My friend, you are so right. Kaden and Katana would have been perfect in this situation. You want to have Charlotte and Bianca get the win heading into their big feud? Great. Put Kaden and Katana in there. You don't got to beat our champions. All right. And Centrovert says every title is supposed to mean something. Exactly. Or else, why would you want it if it doesn't mean anything? Uh, the Centrovert, thank you so much for, this, for the comments. I appreciate it. All right. So... Uh, there's another one Brandon brings up is uh, Alba and Isla. We haven't even seen them. Oh my God, guys. Why Y'all are just really reminding me right now about all of the women that we haven't seen just yet. You're right. Alba, Isla Dawn, Kaden Katana. Again, they could have definitely been put in those spots for sure. All right, uh, let's go ahead and move on from here and let's get into Bobby Lashley. So Bobby Lashley, the last couple of weeks, they've been teasing these little moments where he's backstage with the Street Profits. He's backstage with Carmelo and Trick Williams. And once again, today, we get a little bit more. Today, we actually got the most that we've gotten with this story. So Bobby Lashley and the Street Profits are backstage in this very cozy looking lounge. Very, very cozy. And the Street Profits are chilling with Bobby Lashley, they're all chilling. They're looking like they got a lot of swagger. And Bobby's talking about how they need to be treated like, in order to be treated like stars, you need to present like yourself like a star and you need to be dressed like a star. And Montez Ford, guys, he's always dressed to the nines. Always dressed to the nines. And Angelo Dawkins, cut it. He doesn't dress badly, but he's not as fashionable as Montez Ford. I think Angelo Dawkins is more like your everyday kind of guy uh, versus Montez Ford is more of the uh, influencer guy type. And so Bobby kind of tells him like, dude, you know, like you kind of got to do something about this look that you got. And right before they can bury his fashion sense anymore, uh, they end up bringing out this entire rack of like suits and, you know, fine looking men's clothes and so uh it's looking like bobby lashley is now giving these guys somewhat of a makeover enhancing their game why would he do that why would he put all those those eggs in their basket because we're clearly getting the start of a stable here i don't know if they're going to call themselves the hurt business or if they're going to call themselves something else i don't know we'll find out but this is looking pretty damn good so far all right uh <laughs> Yes, boy says Dawkins getting roasted for his fits for real. And he didn't even look bad. Honestly, I think they said he was wearing like sweats or something, but you couldn't even tell that he was wearing sweats at all. Like he just looked like a regular guy. And I'll be honest with you. Like I prefer the regular guy look over the guys that are like super, super dressed up. I mean, obviously do you, but like my personal taste I've always liked guys that were just more casual dress. Like, I don't think I can dress. I don't think that I can be with like the pretty boy type, you know, like your pretty deadly type or y'all know what I mean. It's just, it's too much. I feel it's too much. Not my, not my thing. Not my thing at all. Uh, Raphael Smith and the Centrovert also say that this may be the Hurt Business 2.0. No, I hope that they don't put 
2.0 in it. Like if you're going to be hurt business, just be hurt business. No 2.0 stuff. Let's not do that at all, at all. All right. So we got a couple of super chats to get into here right now. And this one is from Steven who says, I was not in, oh, I already read this one. Sorry. Uh, this one's also from Steven who says, Denise is having flashbacks of the older Smackdowns. And thank you, Charlotte and Bianca for the super chats. No, Steven, no. And I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you why I'm not even having flashbacks of the old Smackdowns. Because the old Smackdowns, here's the thing. This Smackdown, if something's bad, they at least gave me something to talk about, right? If it's bad, I can still talk about it. The older Smackdowns didn't give me anything to talk about. Like, nothing. I didn't have anything good. I didn't have anything bad. So at least we still have something to talk about. Uh, Zeladon, thank you so much for the super sticker. Much appreciated. Shout out. Mike Parker sends in a very generous super chat saying, I did like that Bianca objected to Charlotte being her partner at least. And once again, how is Charlotte Flair supposed to be a baby face? Was hoping the predictable did not happen as far as the winners, but that's WWE. Yeah, it's still really weird right now where they brought in Charlotte. Charlotte kind of felt like a baby face. It was lost though. And then it felt like they were turning Bianca full on heel, but then they didn't go all the way with that either. So it's almost like they did the same thing to both women. Charlotte, they started aiming at having her be a baby face and then didn't go full throttle. Bianca, they started making it seem like she was going to be a heel, didn't go full throttle on it either. So now I'm at the point where I'm going, hmm, clearly it's more natural for Charlotte to be the heel in this situation and for Bianca to be the baby face. But uh, they definitely, you know, I think we're going to be seeing some back and forths here with that story and, and back and forths in terms of, what role Bianca is going to play and what role Charlotte is going to play as we continue to move on. But right now they both kind of just feel like they just feel like their normal selves. Like Charlotte feels like her normal heel self to me. Bianca feels like her normal baby face to me. Obviously we've seen shades of the opposite, but it honestly feels exactly the same right now. So that's where we're at. Uh, but yes, it was predictable, but thank you so much, Mike, for seriously sending in this very generous super chat. Steven Marchulli says, Battle Royal winner gets added to the U.S. title match, perhaps. Yeah, they didn't say what the Battle Royal winner gets. And I went and checked on good old WWE.com because I didn't even know there was going to be a Battle Royal uh, until they mentioned it on today's show. And so I went and checked and it doesn't say what the Battle Royal winner is going to get. Uh, they could be added into the actual uh u.s title match but we still don't know for sure what's even happening so i don't know what they're gonna do and it feels weird that it would feel really weird if they just had la knight only in this battle royal at SummerSlam and nothing else because we still don't have let me just double check and make sure i'm not lying nope i'm not lying we still don't have a u.s title match that is supposed to be happening at SummerSlam. Like we still don't have anything officially set there. Uh, Steven Marchulli, thank you so much for sending in that super chat. I appreciate it. All right. So, um, all right, let's get into LA Knight and everything that happened there. So we had <sighs> LA Knight versus Ashante the Adonis. Hit Row comes out. They start talking their thing but they're quickly interrupted by LA Knight. And LA Knight has a really funny line this week where he calls um, top dollar Uncle Phil, Uncle Phil from the Fresh Prince. And so then he starts saying how like B-Fab is into him and she refers to him as the H word. I do not say the H word because I hate the H word. If you watch SmackDown, you know what the H word was. I hate that word. Uh, if you were, if you ever listened to the podcast that myself and Luke Owen did on Russell talk on Fridays, you will know that I hate the H word. So we're not saying the H word here, but that's what Allie Knight referred to BFAB as the H word and commentary at one point during this match caused top dollar a sheep. I swear. I feel like sometimes some of the things that commentary says about top dollar, I don't think that they're just 
for shits and giggles. I read way more into that than I probably should, but who knows? Um, during the actual match, we do see Top Dollar throw a cheap shot at LA Knight, but LA Knight punches him right back. LA Knight hits the elbow and the stunner on Ashanti. The Adonis gets the win. Uh, the whole thing that I was thinking about here during this portion of the show was that it really just felt like a nothing victory for Ali Knight because getting a, a victory over any of the members of Hit Row doesn't actually mean anything because Hit Row hasn't been, they haven't been looking too good on SmackDown. And so Ali Knight getting a win over Ashanti the Adonis, yay! That's, that's, that's it. There's nothing else there. And so I was thinking like, okay, are we going to get into any indication of what is next for LA Knight? Like, what's he doing for SummerSlam? What's the plan? What's going on? So then we get a backstage segment where LA Knight goes up to Adam Pierce and basically tells them that it's wrong that he's not on SummerSlam, that he's not part of the SummerSlam Battle Royal. Again, they haven't even said who's in this Battle Royal, so I don't know. And then he's interrupted by Sheamus and the Brawling Brutes. They're going out there and bragging about how they have banger after banger. And so Adam Pierce ends up making a match between LA Knight and Sheamus. So next week, we are going to be seeing Sheamus versus LA Knight. It would be cool if they did something there to set up a match at SummerSlam. Because keep in mind that we're going to talk about the US title more in just a second. But keep in mind that the Austin Theory versus Santos Escobar title match is not until two weeks from now. So it's not supposed to be next week, but rather two weeks from now. So I'm curious to see what they're actually going to do for SummerSlam for the U.S. title and how they're going to plan that all out. We'll see. Um, so there you go. That's what's going on there. I really, I would really like it because if you tell me like, okay, what what are we doing here for, for the U.S. title? What are we doing? So let's talk about the Invitational. I'm going to have to talk about that first before we get to this. So Santos Escobar, Versus Rey Mysterio with the winner going on to face Austin Theory in two weeks. Okay. I actually thought that this was going to be a match for SummerSlam. I don't know. I'm The fact that this match isn't happening at SummerSlam has me going, okay, what are they doing? Because I really thought that the winner was going to have the match with Austin Theory at SummerSlam. Like that to me made the most sense, but that's not what they're doing. So it was weird in the first place that they decided to do Santos Escobar versus Rey Mysterio, okay? Because these are both members of the LWO. And this starts off as a match that is supposed to be friendly competition, sportsmanship. We're part of the same stable. We're not gonna, you know, shit on each other or anything like that. Then during this match, there's a moment where it doesn't feel that way anymore where there's Ray and Santos are literally slapping each other in a disrespectful manner. And I'm thinking, are they teasing anything here with a breakup of the LWO? Like, what is happening here? Whatever. The match continues on, all right? It was, it's an okay match. And then there is a moment where they're on the outside of the ring and we see Rey Mysterio do a hurricanrana on Santos. Santos' face goes straight to the apron. Then eventually we see... Rey Mysterio do a baseball slide onto Santos. Santos moves out of the way. Rey lands face first onto the outside. Looks disgusting. And then Santos comes on in, hits Rey Mysterio with a dive. And then we go to commercial break. We come back from commercial break and they're playing up this angle that Rey Mysterio is injured. And they're like, oh my God, during the commercial break, Rey Mysterio took a dive from Santos Escobar. And oh, he can't continue in this match anymore. And I'm like, I didn't see anything weird with that dive. Okay, replay. We see a replay. And I'm like, I still don't see anything weird with that dive. And then I go on Twitter. And I'm like, maybe I need to look at this a couple more times. <laughs> I look on Twitter. I don't see anything. And I'm going, oh my God, this really is just an angle. And so then <laughs> we see... The closing, the end, the way this match ends is the referee says that Rey Mysterio could no longer compete because he got hurt with that dive, okay? And 
Therefore, Santos Escobar is the winner of this match. And then Santos does this like whole thing with Ray where he's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry you got hurt. It's all okay. He looks at Austin Theory and he points at him like, I'm coming for you. And I'm thinking to myself, what the hell was this finish? This did no one any favors. It's clear that they did not want Santos Escobar to defeat Rey Mysterio. So then why did you do this match in the first place? Why did you do this match in the first place if you didn't actually want Santos Escobar to defeat Rey Mysterio? And then we got to have this shitty ending that did nobody any favors. It didn't do Rey Mysterio favors. Not that he needs them because he's a legend. But it didn't do Santos Escobar any favor to win in this manner and move on into his match with Austin Theory. It also doesn't do Austin Theory any favors because if he's going to be defending his match against Santos, uh, excuse me, his title against Santos Escobar, he should be defending. How much more would it mean if he was defending his title against a guy who beat Rey Mysterio? It would mean so much more. And they did not do that. And so therefore, this angle that they did and the way that they did this finish for Rey Mysterio versus Santos Escobar was a total and complete bummer. It sucked. Did no one any favors. And I was not a fan of it whatsoever. I hated it. I hated it. All right. <sighs> that was disappointing, guys, because I like all these people. And I want it to be good. But yeah, this was not good. All right, let's see what people are saying here. We got a super chat here from Yes Boy who says, whenever people are legitimate hurt and notice the camera, I'm not focus on them. Pretty much what we saw on TV with Finn and Shane and Menya. For those of you asking, for those of you guys asking, it's, it's, it's an angle, guys. It's an angle, all right? I don't mean to be like, you know, spoiling it for people, but it was a really dumb way to end this match. And so for that reason, I have to call it how it is. It was not a good ending to this match whatsoever. It did nobody any favors. Yes, boy. Thank you so much for the super chat. I appreciate it a whole lot. Uh, if he was legitimate hurt, legitimately hurt, we would have seen it, guys. And Rey Mysterio, let me tell you something about Rey Mysterio. Rey Mysterio don't go botching all over the place, okay? That is not Rey Mysterio's style, all right? Rey Mysterio does not botch like that. So he was... You know, like, there was no way. Like, I looked at that, like, 20 times, and I'm like, there's no way Ray's hurting this. Like, what? And I was even thinking, like, huh, what's happening? Uh, Zeno Arrow, uh, Zeno Hour says, Denise, uh, SRS has conflicting information about whether or not it was an angle. He said um, on his tweet that it was a um, storyline. Storyline. So, man, 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 man. All right. So, yeah, anyways, I wasn't a fan of this at all. All right, let's see what else we got here. Um, let's see what people are saying here. Um, so it's gonna be awesome. Benoit Richard asks, so is Austin Theory versus LA Knight at SummerSlam right? I don't know. Um, because depending on depending on who wins against that match against LA Knight and Sheamus, then LA Knight is supposed to be going on. Whoever wins, that will then get included into the SummerSlam Battle Royal. But nothing has technically been announced for the SummerSlam Battle Royal winner. And so I don't know what the SummerSlam Battle Royal winner actually gets. Um, all right. And let's see what else we got here. Someone says that Sean has deleted his tweet and revised it. Oh, uh, please don't tell me. No. <laughs> oh, no. All right. So let me go look at what Sean put. Let's see. No. All right. Hopefully this is not. Please stick with it being an angle. I much rather have it be a shitty angle. I much rather have it be a shitty angle than actually something happening to Ray in any sort of manner. So I much rather literally have it be an angle. So a shitty angle at that too. Hopefully be a shitty angle. Um, all right, so we'll keep posted. We'll keep looking at that. And hopefully, again, it's just a shitty angle because a, a shitty angle is so much better than anything else. So much better than anything else. All right. But the good thing is, though, that uh, we got a lot of comments in here. So let me pull some of these up here. Um, 
All right. This is from Loin G who says, it's both of them in the Battle Royal. The match LA Knight versus Sheamus is to see who goes into the Battle Royal with momentum. It's a battle freaking royal, guys. To me, it's like way more in this Battle Royal. To me, it would mean so much more to see Austin Theory face LA Knight or Sheamus and the winner of that be added into his match with Santos Escobar. That to me would be more impressive than actually seeing the winner of the battle royal then go in to face Austin Theory. You get what I mean? Like it's just so much more if it was a one-on-one match between freaking um, Ali Knight and Sheamus. To me, that's just so much, so much better. So much better. Um, all right, so let's go ahead and continue on from here and see what people are saying. Um, let's get into Hunter Tillman, YouTube member says, this battle royal has LA Knight winning written all over it. I hope so, dude, I really hope so. But then again, <laughs> we all thought that LA Knight was going, uh, we all thought that LA Knight was actually going to go on to, uh, you know, win this United States Invitational Tournament. And then they ended up just going about it this direction. So we'll see. All right, Hunter Tillman, thank you so much for uh, sending in this comment here. Uh, Rally Cap says, Ray got back up pretty good like it was nothing to hug Santos. Again, I really hope this was just a shitty angle, guys. Really hope it was just a shitty angle. All right, and let's go ahead and press on from here. And we got one more thing to talk about, and it's the big thing with the bloodline because they literally carry Friday Night SmackDown. So let's get to it. Friday Night SmackDown conversation. We got the bloodline stuff. So Jey Uso comes out, and he's very quickly interrupted by Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns then goes out there, and... um. We see the people cheering for James, though. And Roman Reigns says, you know, the reason people are cheering for you is because of me. And so he's taking credit for everything that James has done. He's taking credit for main event J, right hand man, for all of the nicknames that Jay Uso has. And then afterwards, we see Roman accuse Jay of trying to steal, trying to steal his show. He's like, you think that you're the tribal chief. You're out here opening the sh- opening the show. Who do you think you are? The face of the company, right? So he's being a big time jerk to Jay Uso. And then Jay tells Roman, you know what? Like I used to believe in you, but you broke the family. And now I have to do what I have to do. And then Roman tries to mess with Jay by getting in his head once again. And he pulls a card like Paul Heyman and starts to manipulate Jay Uso by telling him that, he only became the right-hand man because Jimmy was injured. He says if Jimmy hadn't been injured, then he wouldn't stand a chance. And so then afterwards, Roman Roman ends up telling him, like, oh, I'm going to defeat you. And then Jay Uso says, like, nope, I already beat you once. I already pinned you once. And at SummerSlam, I'm going to beat you again. So the opening of this was pretty straightforward. Nothing too explosive. Uh, so this was fine, right? Just fine. But then we ended up getting so much more with the bloodline. We got a basket, backstage segment where Grayson Waller confronts Jay Uso and tells them, like, hey, you know, you win or you lose at SummerSlam, I want to have you on the Grayson Waller show so that you can get the rub from me. And so Jay gets fed up, fed, fed up, and he hits Grayson Waller. And then Grayson Waller and Jay Uso end up actually having a match here. And so Jay is having this match with Grayson Waller. And during this, Roman Reigns comes out and Roman watches his entire match. Jay Uso makes a statement in his victory by actually spearing Grayson Waller and then hitting them with the Uso splash. So making a statement to Roman Reigns. He's looking confident. He's feeling confident. Loved all of this. And then this is where he got pretty explosive. Sola Sokoa comes from behind and attacks Jay Uso immediately after his victory. Jay then avoids the Samoan spike and super kicks Solo Sokoa. Once Roman sees that Solo Sokoa is down and out, Roman runs in and Jay Uso ends up spearing Roman Reigns, ends up spearing 
Roman Reigns. And that was really freaking great to see. And then afterwards, he goes to the top rope. He tries to maybe go for the Uso splash once again. But Solo Sokoa comes in, pulls, yanks the leg, and then uh, Roman and Solo then attack Jey Uso pretty much throughout the entire time. The crowd's chanting to Roman, you got pinned, but they continue the attack. It's two on one, and Roman spears Jey Uso. So uh, this was pretty fun, mainly just because we got to see Jey Uso actually spear Roman Reigns, and so that was kind of cool to see. Um, but in terms of the bloodline, this, you know, we've just had, we've had a lot of bigger moments. There isn't too much to get crazy about with this portion today but overall they're keeping the bloodline on television because realistically it's the meat of the show guys it's the thing that keeps people coming and seeing what's going on a show without the bloodline it doesn't feel necessarily as special especially when roman reigns is not there when roman is there it just adds so much that even if they do like a kind of a nothing segment with just a couple of words exchanged between them like they did at the start of the show it still feels so much better than not having roman on the show. So again, nothing too explosive. Really, it wasn't until the end where we saw Jey Uso actually get that spear on Roman Reigns. That was kind of like a really cool moment. But I am liking, you know, the confidence that we're seeing Jey Uso head into this match with Roman Reigns. I think that's definitely uh, important heading into the actual matchup. So uh, let's go ahead and see what we got here. We got a couple more super chats here from some people. Uh, thank you guys so much for supporting the show, by the way. Um, let's see what we got here. Where am I at? All right, Heidi Hove says, B-Fab is juicy for LA Knight. I love that debate between you and Luke. I think about it every time someone says the H word. All right, I knew somebody here would know what word I preferred? Uh, I ain't going to get into that whole argument that I had with Luke, but I told Luke that the H word is a terrible word. And my replacement for the H word is juicy. I say juicy instead. And Luke says that juicy is way worse than the H word, but I think he's wrong. And so we had a whole debate about the H word versus juicy. I'm comfortable saying juicy. I can say juicy. I cannot say the H word. I don't even like having it on the screen. <laughs> yes, boy. Sends in a super chat saying, whenever people are legitimate hurt, I know that the camera will not. Oh, I already read this one. I'm sorry. Yes, boy. Uh, David Kaplan sends in a super chat saying, hello, Denise. Will you be doing any more appearances with WWE or NXT? Also, do you think Ali Knight is a modern day Zack Ryder? Um, no, I do not think he's a modern day Zack Ryder. Um, I think they're just two entirely different. Zack Ryder was doing a lot of different things that were unique to him. Um, I would not say he's the modern day Zack Ryder. And in terms of doing any more appearances with WWE or NXT or anything like that, I don't know. Usually this stuff comes about like kind of, I'm not going to say last minute because I, I sometimes know like a month in advance. But whenever I do get these appearance opportunities, one time I found out a month in advance. One time I found out three months in advance. One time I found out a week in advance. One time it was like two days in advance. Uh, so it really just kind of depends. And it depends on what they're looking for and what their content plan is for whatever it is that they're doing and whether or not they feel like they need somebody like me, you know? So um, honestly, with that type of stuff, it's just whenever it happens, it happens. And I'm like, cool, thumbs up. Uh, Yao sends in a super chat saying, poor Waller bit on a losing streak. Look, here's the thing with Waller, though, in this match with Jey Uso. If you're going to have an L, if you're going to take an L to anybody, it's okay to take an L to Jey Uso, who is in the biggest storyline with Roman Reigns while Roman Reigns is watching. If you're going to take an L to somebody like Edge, thumbs up, right? If you're going to be taking Ls to anybody, it better best be worth it. You ain't going to be taking Ls with freaking, I don't know, top dollar or... I don't know. I'm trying to think of someone carrying cross. Like it ain't going to happen. If, if we were to see Grayson Waller take it out to top dollar or carrying cross, then I'm going to start going, Ooh, what's going on with Grayson Waller. But if he's taking L's to edge and Jay, so it's all right. It's all right. We okay. We good. It's okay. Uh, yeah. Thank you so much for the super chat, man. I appreciate you. Um, all right. So Scott George says, Speaking of H words, Papa H's birthday was yesterday. Yeah, I did get to see that. Uh, speaking of H words. Um, 
See, I disagree with this one. King Wisey says that moist is the worst. I see a lot of people say that they hate the word moist. I don't. I don't hate the word moist. Because I think about like moist cookies. It's moist outside. <laughs> I don't get why people think that word is bad or like doesn't sound good. I don't know. Oh, man. Juicy's definitely hitting it off, though. I think Juicy's just so much better. All right, everyone. That was Friday Night Smackdown. I appreciate you guys so much for coming in and hanging out. And let's hope that the Rey Mysterio thing was just a shitty work. Uh, it's not a shitty work, a uh, shitty angle. Let's just hope it was a shitty angle and a shitty finish. All right, let's hope for that. Uh, Yao sends it a super chat saying, random question. Do you think people who had an open heart surgery and that's healthy now, do you think it's a good idea to wrestle? Dude, I don't know anything about that. But if this is in any relation to Triple H and, uh, you know, everything he went to, yeah, of course not. But I'm not a doctor. I don't know anything about that. Uh, if I've had open heart surgery, I don't know. I'd be scared to do anything, man. I'd be scared to come on a post show and talk. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know because I'm not a doctor. But, yeah, thank you so much for the super chat, though. I really do appreciate that. I'm sorry that I couldn't give you a better answer for this one. Uh, thank you so much for setting it in. All right. Um, uh, AU says, I prefer saying hot for. Yeah, I would much rather say I'm hot for someone or hot for, you know, that instead of saying the other word. Ugh. It's just so inappropriate. <laughs> it's just, there's a lot of things that I'm okay with saying, but then there are some where I'm like, this is where I draw the line. That's where I draw the line for me. Um, Alrighty, everyone, before I wrap it up here today, thank you guys so much for tuning in. I hope you guys had a good time here on this Friday night post show. And please check out those interviews that I already posted with Cody and Brandy and all those people. And also, I really hate to be annoying, guys, but friendly reminder, if you guys haven't already and you're more of an audio listener, maybe you're not a video watcher, or even if you watch the podcast, please head on over to Apple Podcasts. The link is in the description box of this video. And please go leave a review of the show on there. Uh, please give it a rating. I would really appreciate this so much. I'm trying to get to 100 ratings by the end of the year. I'm barely at 32 because I forgot to promote it. But please, if you do, uh, send me a screenshot. I do read them here on the air. Uh, it would just really mean a whole lot to me. So once again, before you go, it takes 10 seconds. Head down to the description box. Click on the link. Please uh, leave a review. It would help other people find the podcast. Also, for those of you who are Facebook users, uh, Denise Salcedo uh, official, I think is the actual Facebook page. The You can just search Denise Salcedo on Facebook. And basically what's going on there is they have requirements that you need before you can get monetized, like real monetization. And I heard Facebook is paying decent money, but as of right now, I still don't even qualify because I need 5,000 followers and 60,000 watch minutes. <laughs> and I'm starting with step one, which is 5,000 followers. So please head on over to Facebook, click that follow button. I'm only at 1,800. I still need 3,200 to go. So uh, I'm feeling a little far from that. But if you guys can help me out, that would really be freaking awesome. So again, Denise Salcedo on Facebook. All right. I already know that I asked too many favors of everyone, but thank you guys so much. And I will be back here uh, Saturday, tomorrow for AEW Collision Post Show. And then I will also be here on Sunday to do a watch along for the Great American Bash. I'll see you guys tomorrow. Bye, everyone.